welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I am Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Oh, I like that. Uh, experts. <laughs> experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hi, it's another episode of TV My Husband Hates. And I am joined as ever by my good friend, Regan Kempton. Hello, hello. I've got a bit of a croaky voice this week, so just pretend it's Barry White on the side of the microphone. Yeah, she's suffering from consumption. So if you hear <laughs> if you hear anybody sound like they're dying as they hacking cough their way through it, then um then it's Barry White over there. Yeah. Babe, I'm sorry that you're sick, but we're carrying on regardless. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things when you have two kids who consistently cough in your face box, um, it's bound to happen. So they're all fine now. And now I have uh, this deep voice. So we'll be all right. Kids are kids are always like patient zero. The, I had to say something to my husband today that I never in a million years, actually not today, yesterday, that I never in a million years thought I would have to say. But Bo recently bought worms into our house, which if you haven't had, is like the, the fucking pits. It's the worst. Um, and then we thought we got rid of it. I think it might have come back. Anyway, yesterday I had to utter these words to my husband and I've never felt less sexy. Are you ready? Yes. Babe, I'm just not sure whether I've got worms or a hemorrhoid. Literally. Oh my. <laughs> uh-huh. That's how dark I was. And good news, turns out it was probably a hemorrhoid. So oh. I'll take that over worms any day. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting uh, dichotomy there. Like, what would you rather, worms or a hemorrhoid? I think I, know, I feel like I feel like that should be maybe a poll. Maybe we should maybe. poll that on yeah, Instagram. We'll, we'll poll that. We'll see how everybody else feels about the uh, worms versus hemorrhoids situation. Let me tell you, it's definitely hemorrhoids. I'd definitely rather have a hemorrhoid than something living up my bum hole. Yeah, because I mean, at least it's easier to treat, right? Like, you just use the wipes and the cream and kind of waited yeah. out. Whereas with worms, that, that seems really intensive. I've never had worms before, so. Worms is really intensive. It's a lot of washing and a lot of vacuuming and a lot of hand washing. Um, anyway, I feel like uh, I don't have many boundaries at the best of times, but I might have just overstepped them all there. So Not at all. Maybe we should move on from Well, hold worms. on. I've, I have one oh. more question. Would you rather have okay, worms great. or lice? Oh, you or see, nits? I would... I would definitely, I would choose nits over worms, but I think I'm in the minority there. However, when Bo had nits, it's always Bo. Bo is always patient zero. Yeah. When Bo had nits, gotta say, I love squeezing spots, and it was a little bit like that. Like I ah. just quite enjoyed getting the comb through it and seeing them. I got this weird, sickly pleasure out of it. Whereas worms does not have the Ugh. same attraction right right interesting my kids have had neither thus far um so yeah i have nothing to add to that uh i mean i think it's a good point for us to move on from anyway like yeah, you know i don't think we on. need to dwell on worms and hemorrhoids <laughs> uh anyway it's been a good week in the reality tv week we are discussing i want to say four is it four yes it's four yes. episodes today we've officially ditched million dollar new york Million Dollar Listing New York. We're not even going to talk about it. In fact, that's the most we're going to say about it. Yeah. Um, but we are going to start with, as ever, Keeping Up With The Kardashians. 
Keeping Up with the Kardashians, the best thing on TV on Sundays, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, we've got the Met Ball and a little bit of thievery. <gasps> I know! That was... Do you know what I loved about that is that Courtney is very like me. I'm very like Courtney when it comes to that stuff. Like, I could probably be a bit more um, worried, stressed, kind of conscious about it. But actually, I have a very laissez-faire approach to people who want to steal from me. And I know that sounds really, really bad. But for me, um, I was I really got Courtney on that. I was like, you know what? She's got it. She's gone. She's not coming back in. It is what it is. Let's just move on. And I think she felt a bit violated. I think you could see she did. Right. But I'm very like her on that. I'm like, listen, they've got it. It's not the end of the world. Let's just move on. Yeah, it's just stuff. I, I've had two houses broken into. And for me, it's, I mean, that's what insurance is for, right? Like, it's just stuff. Nobody's ever hurt. Thank God. Um, I was actually really surprised how calm she was because I feel like that's off-brand for Courtney. Like, I I was kind of expecting her to, like, lose her shit a bit. Um, but I feel like this is kind of the evolution of Courtney that we've seen, right? Like, now she's just a lot more zen, has a better out, like, just has a more positive kind of outlook on things. And I think that's what we see. Like, you're right. Like, she took some money. She's gone. We'll never let her back in. It's fine. But let's just change all the passwords and move on. And I mean, I think it's interesting that like a couple of weeks ago, we're blasting Kim because her security is like four knocks. And Courtney's like, who is she? Like, how did she get in here? They didn't even have name, social and address. I mean, yeah. until until that point, any one of us could probably have walked into Courtney Kardashian's house and gone, you know, because I, I guess they're the kind of people that have loads of people in and out of the house right. all the time, whether it's people that are working for them, people who are coming in for meetings or whatever it is. Um, it's probably fairly easy to blag your way into, or it probably was fairly easy to blag your way into a Kardashian house. Not so much anymore. The only thing I find a little bit suspect is if it was somebody that they were paying, they would need all that information to like legally pay them. Like you have to have people's social security numbers to pay them. So I don't really know what she did because they were talking about her being around the kids and things like that. So part of me was like, was she a nanny or... A babysitter? I mean, I guess most, ba- I don't have my babysitter social security numbers, but. I, I got know. really confused as well, but I, because, because at one point they talked about her being here for an interview and I didn't know whether that was like a media interview or whether it was a job interview, but then it sounded like this stealing thing had been going on for a little while. So she wouldn't, you know, it, she, yeah. anyway, whatever it Who is, knows? it's like, it's the fact is that they can afford to lose a few iPads because she's like, did we have that iPad? Where's that iPad got? Like, I would know if my iPads weren't in the uh, house. Absolutely. Apart from anything else, my kids would be throwing a fucking fit. Yeah, um, yeah. But I guess it's all part of being a Kardashian. Yeah, and I mean, I think you're absolutely right when you've got filming crews in and runners. And I mean, you know, who knows kind of where this person fit in their life? Like, they are used to having a full house. So... Totally. So yeah, we had Calm Courtney and then the Met Gala. And I really enjoyed watching the Met Gala stuff because for me, I remember seeing pictures of her in that dress and thinking, holy shit, that is, I think I thought it was a little bit gross. Like, I think I thought it was a little bit, I just didn't get it. But what I loved about this episode is that it really gave context to that whole thing. And it really... Like she chose it because North wanted her to be a mermaid and and it wasn't about looking thin. It was about art. It was about 
tying in with camp, which, by the way, I swear in my life when I first heard it, I thought meant like the other kind of camp, like nature. Like, oh, yeah, we don't, we don't we don't use it for that at all yeah, here. I was clearly yeah. being a dick. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then the more I knew about it, the more I just thought, fuck, she looks phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, no, she really does. And I think she's come a long way. I thought that was what was really interesting about that was like her talking about when she was like first there, she was Kanye's plus one and massively pregnant in that floral dress. And now she's kind of made it to like be invited on her own. And as much as kind of Kanye's gotten her into fashion, it's become more and more of a thing. Because like the Met Ball is known for just like crazy over the top outfits. Like that's what it's there for. Um, and she didn't definitely did not disappoint. My other favorite always at the Met Ball is Lady Gaga. She always does amazing things with her wardrobe as well. And I think it's just fun to see people being creative and artistic in different ways. And I think that's what we often, like it's certainly what I forgot when I first saw the pictures of her at the Met Ball when they were in the press was that it is about being creative. It is about pushing boundaries. It's not about look at me, I'm so thin and fabulous. It's about, look at what we've done. She was kind of a walking work of art and I really appreciated that. And at first I was like, Kanye, you're such a yawn fest. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Just rocking up in a black Dickies and hoping for the best. But then it was clear that obviously he just wanted, I think it was said he wanted to let his wife shine. It was her time. She was gracing the cover of US Vogue. Um, And so from that point of view, it was really nice to see a little insight into kind of, a, a fairly more normal Kanye. Right. I thought it was really interesting, like the whole chat that they had about the Met Ball and how he was actually like, I don't know if I want you to be like short and sexy anymore. And like, she's like, well, it's a bit too late now. Like, where were you when we were talking about this? I love the way their relationship is so normal, even though oh I mean, God. he's he's Kanye fucking West. I mean, as crazy as he may be at the moment, like, He's huge. And just seeing this like totally normal, like married conversation, well, like, well, fuck you. You should have told me earlier. Now it's too fucking late. Suck it up. Like, I love the way they showed that. I was exactly, I wrote exactly the same thing. And all right, my fights with Jimmy and your fights with Elijah might not right. be about like our Met Ball outfit, but essentially, how many times has your husband come to you and gone, by the way, I'm really unhappy about this. And you're like, well, you could have fucking told me a little bit earlier. Like that is right. such a Time's blueprint up, for any kind of marriage argument that to see Absolutely. it happen there was just genius. And then he gets up and just walks out. And I was like, yeah, well, we've all been there, babe. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but I also love how it's not like, you know, that, oh, well, she needs to run after him and make sure he's okay. She's just like, whatever, like moving on. <laughs> like well, he's having a tantrum. That's yeah. what I kind of get from their relationship. Like, there is no doubt that Kanye is mad as a box of fucking frogs. But I feel like she kind of, they are like the jigsaw pieces that fit together. She kind of totally. accepts his crazy, doesn't, as has said in previous things, I don't necessarily agree with everything Kanye says, but he's my husband, so I'll support him in his decisions. Um, and I think she mellows him out a little bit and she doesn't feed into his crazy at all. And that's what I really like watching about them um, is that she kind of brings him down a little bit. Yeah, I think she makes makes him feel normal. Like she doesn't feed into the crazy. She also doesn't like revere him like, oh, I'm married to Kanye West. I mean, she's just like, yeah, he's Kanye. This is what we do. Or, you know, I think like I feel like 
on previous episodes on season pass, we've seen her call him out for stuff. Like, I don't think that was a good idea, but you did it. So now we've got to just kind of deal with the fallout. And I think she respects him and whatever journey that he's on. And I think, you know, we obviously see she demands that from him too. And I think that's a really healthy dynamic to like respect what the other person is doing. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it, like our husbands in this podcast, like they, they don't watch reality TV, like, but they're super supportive of us doing it. No more so than Jimmy, who, you know, edits and does all the crazy all, to, all together. Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen me today because this is the first week we've been recording when he's not been around. So uh, he sent me like an email we never actually got around to him showing me how to plug everything in. Right. So he sent me an email with like a step-by-step guide. And then I got to a bit, I was like, fuck, I don't know if I've done that right. So I sent him a text message saying, I did try calling him three times and he didn't pick up. And then right. I sent him a text message saying, you need to call me urgently. <laughs> Which maybe I could have clarified. Anyway, the phone rings and he's like, which one of our children is dead? <laughs> and I'm like... Our podcast no. baby is struggling. <laughs> yes, our podcast baby is is really hanging on for dear life. Um, I was like, no, don't be silly. I would have written, you need to call me urgently. One of our children is dead. That's what I would have written if that was what the case was. Anyway, we figured it all out. Um, but yeah, hu- uh, supportive husbands. What I like with Kim, Kim and Kanye is that publicly... She will always, like, we've seen her be interviewed where they've gone, what about what Kanye said? And she will always support him. But then we've seen her go back to him and go, babe, like, I'm supporting you as far as that's concerned, but I'm going to say to you right now, right. behind closed behind closed doors, let's put that in inverted commas because yeah. obviously there are always cameras around. Um, behind closed doors, I'm going to call you out on it. I'll always be your wingman out there. But, you know, and I, I really respect that because it yeah. kind of ties in with that idea that, you know, something I saw in Ellen, I mean, I have a lot of time in my hands to watch television, um, <laughs> was this idea that you don't always have to agree with the things with your friends. Like you don't have to, you and your friends don't always have to believe in the same thing. And I liked that about uh, Kim and Kanye. She just lets him be him. Yeah. I mean, I think that's all, that's what we want from everyone, right? Your friends, your partners, whoever. You just want people who are cool with who you are and are fine if you disagree about things, but ultimately you're cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I think it's a lot to do with vulnerability and kind of all of that, whether, you know, you can be, actually, I'm going to bring up vulnerability in Dallas as well, because I've made what, what I think is quite a profound link. But I think if you, you know, if you're okay with being vulnerable, then you're okay with other people challenging you or you know not agreeing with you and yeah just being cool with all of that or just properly discussing things as well without making it personal like discussing the issue and possibly yeah. changing somebody else's mind I mean I think that's that's why we have friends and people in our lives because we we don't know it all like that's no, impossible a hundred percent um so yeah keeping up with the Kardashians we loved that thing and then the other thing in there that I really wanted to talk about was um what was it? Oh, Kim and Paris. I thought that was a really interesting discussion to have because it was really cool to see Kim not be a dick. Yeah. I mean, I think she, um, I think here in the US, uh, we've always known that she kind of owes a lot of like kind of who she is now to kind of Paris showing her the ropes. And Paris kind of really pioneered like having a reality show, also being a socialite and like really trying to balance 
all of that stuff is, you know, as fun as she is to watch. Um, and I thought that was really cool. And I also think like, again, it's your friends, right? Like you're doing separate things, but you're super supportive of cool shit that your friends are into. And I mean, can we just have a moment for the title of the song that Kim did the <laughs> video for? Like, I can't stop looking at my best friend's ass. I think it's brilliant. I mean, to be fair, if Kim Kardashian was my best friend, I wouldn't be able to stop looking at her ass either. No, man. She puts a lot of work into that ass too. Like, I, I don't, I honest, I'm going to be honest. I honestly don't know whether their butts are a hundred percent real. I also honestly don't care. Right. I honestly don't care. But she, what I do love about this Kardashian butt is that she's taken us away from this you need to be super skinny, waif-like, this is what it is. And she and the whole of them, all of them have been like, no, we've got curves and bumps and lumps and we're still sexy. And you got to give them props for that. Absolutely. I mean, I think we even, you know, kind of taking it back to like the Met Ball conversation when Kim is kind of featured on Vogue. Like this is a girl who really tried to do all this stuff at a much younger age. And everyone was like, it's never going to happen for you. Like you are not the standard of beauty. And I think she's just fucking knocked that shit on its head. And um, I don't know if you guys have it in the UK, but over here, E! has put back out their show called E! True Hollywood Story. And it was a massive hit in the 90s. It's amazing. I watched it all the time. So now I'm rewatching it. And they did a kind of documentary about Kim Kardashian and just like really talking about like where she had her roots and like how she kind of came to be and how all these things should be attributed to her. Like um, the way we use social media now and things like that, like that wasn't happening before the Kardashians really started kicking it up a notch. It's a fantastic show. I think the U.S. listeners will know what I'm talking about. I hope I hope you guys get it in the UK. If it's not there now, I'm sure it'll be there soon, but I highly recommend it. Um, I, it's also a bit self-serving because it's E, who is the channel who does the Kardashians. So obviously they're going to highlight the people in that show, but it's a fantastic documentary about her. It's super interesting. And it kind of gives you like, it's just her talking a lot of it. And so it's really interesting just hearing it from her. Yeah, we don't have E! True Hollywood Story here, but you did mention it on Instagram. So I was, and I feel like it would be right up my street. So I'm wishing, I'm hoping that I can watch it somewhere, but I do, unless I'm wrong and there is somebody out there who can correct me, as far as I know, we don't have it. I'll do some sleuthing on this end as well, because it, it's definitely up our streets. It's definitely up our listeners' streets. It's fabulous. Did you just use the word sleuthing? What? Did you sleuthing. just use the word sleuthing? I did. I will do some sleuthing. Oh my sleuthing. god! I love it. I felt like I was in the like the nineteenth century, and it was Sherlock Holmes all of a sudden. Oh, I love a good word choice. There you go. Um, um, oh, can we talk about the baby shower? Yes, we can talk about the baby shower. Um, yes. Okay. I'm going to say the good thing first. Okay. About the baby shower, which okay. was. Um, it was really interesting. I was like, really? A baby shower? And then she did make the point, which I hadn't thought about because of surrogacy. She said, it's really good for the kids to do a baby shower because they can't see a baby growing in my tummy. So this is kind of a thing. And I thought, well, that makes a ton of sense. And good on you. Yet another reason why Kim is just a pretty good mom. Yeah, I And totally now you can agree. go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I thought it was super interesting. I mean, this girl has so much shit on. Like, I think my life is busy. But it's like, she's about to have the fourth baby join her household. She's working. She's going to law school. Like, she's doing this, like, law school apprenticeship. 
and she's planning the baby shower and she's got to be ready for the Met Ball. Like, that is a lot of shit going on. That's a lot of balls to juggle. Um, And a Paris Hilton video to do in between. Yeah, which just kind of popped up and she made time for it, which is what you do when you're a good friend, right? Um, My kind of favorite part of the baby shower is when they're all laying down for the sound bath and Chloe's just like, (laughs) this is some cult shit. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> My favorite part of the baby shower was when Kim just dropped the F bomb in front of all of her kids. And I was like, yes, Queen. I genuinely yes. think me and Kim and you and Chloe and probably Courtney too would really, I think we should just all hang out because I absolutely, I really believe. This isn't going to sound how I mean it to sound, but I was going to say, I really believe in swearing in front of your kids. In that, (laughs) let me explain myself. In that, I think it's really good to teach kids that there are some things that mums and dads can do that they can't do. It doesn't mean that I can't do it in front of them. Like if I drop the F-bomb, not that I do really drop the F-bomb because every time I do it, Jimmy gives me so much grief. (laughs) But if I drop a curse word in front of my kids... I will use that opportunity to teach them that there are some words that I get to say that they don't get to say until they're older. And Absolutely. That, you know, and that's how I roll. Like if I drink wine in front of my kids, I say, well, I get to do this and you don't. And that's just the way it is. So I loved that she was like dropping the F-bomb in front of her kids. Yeah, I think, again, like it just goes to our like never ending thread of kind of how real she's being. And I feel like the past couple seasons is where we've really started seeing that. And I feel like Kim is also just really coming into her own, like really knows what she wants, really knows what she wants to do, really knows how like the balance is. And I kind of wonder if the law school element has really kind of solidified things for her. Like this is something that she's kind of always wanted to do. She was super successful um, in kind of helping get some prison and reform stuff going on here in the U.S. So I feel like she's kind of found her place. And I think once you find your place, things kind of all fall together. And even if you are super busy, you just kind of make it all happen. Yeah, I mean, she is, Chloe says it at one point. I think I wrote it down. She says, Kim must have more hours in her day than I do. And and she's right. Like Kim is just one of these people that gets shit done and she's, and that's where she's happy. She's happy just spinning a million plates and making shit happen. But I really also want to give her a little bit of a shout out for really shining a light on surrogacy as well, because I have, I think a lot of people think that surrogacy is kind of for the super, super rich. And there is, obviously it's a very expensive way to have a child. So, so there is that, but I have friends who have gone through surrogacy they're not super super rich they fucking scraped their shit together to make it happen because it was the only way for them um so i think it's really interesting to have that conversation and to see because it is a reality for some people and it comes with its own challenges um and i uh yeah i really like that she's very open about that side of it too yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, it's something that I don't think many people really think about. And, you know, props to them for wanting to have more children and just trying to figure out a way to kind of make that happen. I think that's great. Uh, I'm not in that boat. We are done having children. Um, Me too. But, yeah. Snip, 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 snip. Yep. Um, but, the, and yeah, I mean, the episode ends with the with the kind of trailer for, for next week, which is she's got, she's now got four kids under five. I mean... I don't ca- I honestly I don't care that she's a gazillionaire. That's hard. Yeah. However much money you've got. Absolutely. I mean and it's not even just like, you know, 
I feel like some people be like, well, it's not hard. She's not actually had all four of those kids. So like she doesn't have to deal with her body changes and all that. But I mean, having kids is emotional. And regardless of how many people you can pay to help you out, you have four kids. That is a lot. And it's going to be a lot forever. (laughs) Yeah. Forever and ever, forever, ever. Anyway, okay. I'm not going to burst into song. Um, Okay. (laughs) Uh, Below deck, should we head over to Thailand? Let's go to Thailand. Um, Again, let's go to Thailand. How much would I love to go to Thailand right now? I know. And I think that's something that really drives me crazy because this episode opens up with Courtney yet again complaining about like it's the continuation from the last season about like you know she's walking across this amazing beach and she just doesn't want to be there she is like she's got a whole season to prove herself to me and maybe she will but right now she is and i've written it spoiled entitled and ungrateful three things that i have absolutely zero fucking time for no absolutely and then when she gets back to the boat she gets a two-hour break which Like, that's huge. Like, you've served some drinks. It wasn't even, like, the normal beach picnic, which is, like, full on and, like, having to do the service and the food and whatever. Like, she literally, like, took their drink orders, went to the bar, got their drinks, and brought it back to them. And it was, like, nothing but fucking whinging. And it's just, like, oh, check your privilege, my friend. Like, check it. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to be saying that about Courtney a lot. But she's, yeah, I mean, I'm done with listening to her moan already and we're at the beginning of episode two right. so this is not this is not bode well but um obviously we've still got chef dob chef kevin struggling right with his uh down belows right. i have to yeah. i just have to put this out there i'm not sure that i would want a chef who is shitting through the eye of a needle cooking my food Yeah, I mean, obviously he's wearing gloves and I'm sure taking all like the food safety precautions. But I mean, I think like you're stuck on a boat. I mean, hands down, probably if it was something super contagious, everybody's going to get it anyways because you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean. But yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, but obviously like they didn't know. So maybe what they don't know doesn't hurt them. I mean, who knows what happens in the restaurant kitchens sometimes. (laughs) Oh, Um. So we had the big proposal dinner. Uh, I loved like Kate and him having like that nervous moment about whether he'd practiced and whether he put it in one pocket and got down on one knee and did all of that. The ring was beautiful. Um, And I also love her thing that's like, of course she's going to say yes. You've hired a mega yacht. You could throw it in her face and she would say yes. Right. And I, yeah, because I feel like I wrote down, Kate says, like, say yes in the moment, you break it off later because it's an amazing I wrote that moment. too. My issue with the proposal is that he says, like, I owe this to you. And I was like, yeah, that's that's not romantic. Like, I don't think a girl <laughs> wants you to propose to her because you kind of feel like you owe it to her. Like, or even if you do, yeah. like, you don't say that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's not a tip. It's not like, no. thank you so much for your service. <laughs> we had a great time. You've been awesome. Here's an engagement ring. I mean, that's yeah. not how it works. No, no. And I mean, obviously, like, maybe he was nervous and he flubbered his words. But, like, I wrote that down and I was just like, no, no. And actually, I'm pretty glad Kate interrupted you at that exact <laughs> moment <laughs> because it was pretty shit. <laughs> oh, I loved that moment when Kate sort of was just fucking around oh. with whatever it like can whatever it was that was on the yeah. table and he's literally literally about to propose and she's like that uh just hang Excuse on a minute me. I just uh sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like sidles off um 
But yeah, obviously she says yes. Uh, and then here's the thing, and this is the thing we had a problem with last week, and we've got a problem with it this week. The first people they fucking call is their fucking dogs. They FaceTime the dogs to tell them that they're engaged. What? I mean, the I, I actual don't, fuck. I don't know. Like, I don't know what their family situations are. I don't know if they just don't have parents or I don't know. Like, I fucking hope they don't shit. have parents. Your dog I doesn't hope- give a shit. No, I hope they don't have parents because let me tell you, if they do have parents, <laughs> those parents are fucking pissed that they were second on the fucking I need to call you to tell you I'm engaged list. Right. Well, maybe that's After what happens the fur babies. when you're super wealthy and you don't have to have your parents help you pay for your wedding that you don't have to tell them right away. I don't know. Is that some sort of freedom that they have? But there is that oh, FaceTiming the dog. It just gets me every time. Oh, I'm so done with these people that can't draw a line between their dogs and their babies. I know that, you know, listen, if you're one of those people, I get it. We can still be friends, but we're always going to disagree on the uh, on the pedestal you put your dogs on. It's that simple. No, 100%. I thought Captain Lee was super cute about the proposal. Like, he's just like, it just makes me all warm and fuzzy on the inside. Like, I just love it. What, like, what a softy Captain Lee is on the inside versus like his outside salty, like... Sea Captain Persona. Um, well, I thought he was really cute all the way through this season, this episode, yeah. actually. Like, when I think it was Tanner or whoever went up to him, she, he's like, how are you doing today? And he's like, check the old bits. And I wasn't in them, so it's going to be a good day. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's like what my granddad would say. And I love that. Like, he's just the cutest. Absolutely. That was my exact thought. Like, my pop-pop would have said the exact same thing. And I love I a bit it. of grandpa jokes. Like, they're hilarious. But I do and then still have do- Sorry. Oh, go on. I was going to say, just on the Captain Lee thing, I was going to say, yeah. and then they're docking for the first time. And obviously, it's a little bit messy with... Um, Abby oh, in Abby, the line. Yeah. Like, trying to throw that line out. And I loved his approach. He's like, wasn't very pretty, but it's still effective. And I'll take that. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, that's such a life lesson for me. I was like, I'm going right? to take that away and go, it doesn't always have to be perfect as long as it fucking gets the job done. It's fine. Yeah. I really feel like that's a very American, like, that's how we live. Like, I feel like some countries are about the process and like certain things need to be done in certain ways. But I feel like it's a very American thing to be like, eh, maybe I didn't follow all the steps, but it turned out all right. So we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it all worked out well in the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I pretty much fell in love with Captain Lee all over again this this episode. He was just so cuddly bearish. No, he 100% was. What I was going to go back to was the dude making the proposal. He really rubbed me the wrong way because then like after the proposal, he started making jokes about like, oh, she thought dating, the dating period was a really long time. Just wait till she sees the engagement time. And I was like... You tech, man. This You do re- realize you're being recorded. Like, she is going to see all of these side chats. Like, come on. I know. Um, but also, I I, I got to take issue with Chef Kevin on this one because he goes on and on and on about how it's so hard to cook two meals and blah, 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 and all of this. And he's juggling all of this. And then it turns out uh, that he's not cooking two meals. He's actually cooking one meal. And the chef, the stews are just taking them to two separate places. So I was like, can you stop being such a drama queen? Yeah. Because, you know, as far as you're concerned, nothing different is happening right now. No, I feel like Chef Kevin is going to have to kind of redeem himself in my books a little bit. Because I feel like, like, I totally get that he's sick and doesn't 
feel good and it's all a bit much and it's the first charter. There's a lot of stuff to work out. But then he like goes even further and starts calling out service about like how they don't know what they're doing and he's really disappointed. And it's just like, come on, man. Like these are people who all covered for you when you sat in the toilet most of the day. And like the guests had no idea anything was going on. Like, how is that a deficit in service? I know. I felt really bad for Kate on that. And I think he threw her under the bus and I think he was shady. Um, But I have to say, he's got great taste in baby names. He really does. I totally wrote that down. Kevin has has a B. Kevin's got a Billy who is also six. So basically we had children at the same. Just to be clear, we don't share a Billy. Like I was going to say. It's not the same baby. (laughs) His Billy is not my Billy. Um, But yeah, we've both got daughters called Billy, which is kind of unusual. Doesn't, it's not a name you come up against. So obviously you went up in my estimations, but then, you know, quickly went down again. Um, But this was a good episode. Go on. Yeah. I'd be worried about crossing Kate as well. Like Kate can make your life pretty shitty, dude. Fuck. Like if you think Hannah from Below Deck Med is terrifying. Right. Kate is like Hannah on steroids. Like she is, I would never get in the way of Kate. No, because she can get really, like, expressionless and, like, you've made a mistake. Like, when you watch her confessions and she just, like, drops things super deadpan, you're like, holy shit, she's going to snap. Uh-huh. That, yeah, like, when her face stops moving, yeah. run, like, run and take cover. <laughs> but I love her, um, too. So, like, it's this weird I thing. I just, I love her. I just wouldn't want to work for her. Um, so they get, uh, the guy describes it as a perfect experience, the charter guest. And he gives them $17,000 in tips. So they walk away with $1,500 tip each on top of their wage because they do actually get paid as well. I mean, they probably get paid peanuts, but they get paid. But so still, yeah. that's not bad money for three days work. Not at all. I mean, I think that's that's the crux of why everybody does this, right? Like it's brilliant money. It's hard, hard work, but it's brilliant money. So yeah, it's quick. Uh, lots of money earned quickly. Um, but they go, obviously they get their first tip. And then these are the episodes that I live for when oh, they have their yes. nights out. Yeah, they're drunken shenanigan nights. And Ashton and is on is, the hunt. I know, but also he's always on the hunt given yeah. like half a drop of tequila. But right. also they are in Thailand. Like there is a lot, you can get into a lot of trouble in Thailand. I know. I can't wait for like further episodes. I feel like these night outs are just going to like ramp up, ramp up, ramp up and get like freaking insane. And actually for Ashton, he was fairly reserved, but he is, as soon as he gets a drink in him, he is like a pest almost. Like he is yeah. just, whoever shows interest is it, like, it's a done deal. He will, right. he will go with it. You can be 75 one leg haven't showered since last christmas and he will still be there for the taking hey if you're down to dance with him like he's good to go the thing is he's kind of the bosun but he's also a bellend when he's got a drink in him yeah yeah i think that i feel like that's going to be a problem um yeah i agree further down the, the road and especially he's like already he's already pushed the boundaries with abby now because they all went to sleep on the bunny pad and then, yeah. like, the guys just, like, one by one left them. Um, and they wake up together. So it, it already the boundaries are blurry. For right. Ashton I love how Abby, Abby said, like, actually, it would have been less awkward if we had actually slept together. Yeah. It was more awkward because nothing happened. <laughs> so true. And I also, do you know what I have to say? Last week, I think I was fairly dismissive of Abby 
uh, I think I lumped kind of Abby and Courtney together as kind of these law school graduates that kind of just didn't want to do it anymore and felt like they just weren't learning anything. Um, And actually, I felt like an asshole this week because obviously we learned a lot more about Brian and Abby. And one of the things is that they fucking struggled their way through college. And she was homeless and worked her ass off to get where she was. He had also been living in his car. And then Simone as well, she speaks like five languages and she's a grafter. So I feel like I perhaps have um, prejudged them. I still think Courtney's yeah. a dick. Right, but right. I'm I'm giving more credit, a lot more credit to Brian and Abby. Well, I mean, I think that's what happens on these shows, right? Like you don't get the full story right away. They slowly like tease out kind of, you know, these real life stories behind the people. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I feel like I lumped her into just being another right like Riley from last season. Um yeah. and didn't really take her seriously. But she's she's a badass. And like I think she's there to work hard and not just, you know, screw Ashton and be dainty about it. Like I think she's I think she's cool. I like her a lot. Well I think the girl deck hand, the female deck hands always have to work a million times harder, be like more on time than anybody else. Look you know, I think they have yeah. so much more to prove. And I feel like um you know, and I really love it when they have a female deckhand because I love that that dynamic. But um, but yeah, I think Abby's going to do going to. I think she's going to be really good fun. On I know like, I good felt to watch. so so bad for her for like leaving her radio. Like one of Captain oh Lee's big God. things is like she's kicking ass. <laughs> she's working so hard and she fucking forgets the radio. <laughs> and of and all she feels places, so horrible. It was and of in all his places, office? it's on the bridge. Yeah, it's on the bridge. Oh. It's right there. And he's like, I want to know who the fuck's walking around without a radio right now. Do you like my American accent? Everybody in America, do you like my American accent? Yeah. Uh Sorry about that. I'm going to keep doing it because it's my podcast. I can do what I like. So sorry about that. Um, But yeah, I, uh, yeah, I felt for her on that. But the night out actually is fairly tame. Although Kate's hangover is... She hangovers a little bit like I hangover, to be honest. Oh my God, yeah. she looks brutal. Oh, I felt so bad for her. Like, I felt like the drunken 16-year-old in me was just, like, feeling every moment of it. And I like how two people said they must they put something different in their vodka in Thailand. I think, like, Ashton had said it, and I feel like Kate said it as well. Like, it's just some crazy mix. I agree that the night went out really well, other than, like, Brian's comment about Courtney smiling. That really rubbed me like the wrong way. I really hate when people, when men in particular tell women to like smile and look pretty, like that shit just rankles me. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, that's fucking misogynistic bullshit that can make, and and by the way, guys, if you're listening, you're not because there's literally 2% male listeners, but to the 2%, uh, that's, that is, it makes us feel really uncomfortable when people do that because I'm not smiling because you're not funny right now like you're drunk and you're kind of being overly um aggressive aggressive and familiar and it's not funny so don't tell me to fucking smile i'm not your monkey no it was the one time where i was like yep courtney i i have your back on this one like you're 100 percent correct brian was being a douche and he did come back and apologize for it which i think was was super cool so it redeemed him a little bit um in my book that he was willing to be like i totally blacked out i must have been an asshole i'm really really sorry yeah and and i i agree he kind of came back up in my estimations but 
it's all very well doing it once and apologizing but if you but i'd be interested to see if he continues to act right. like that because that's that's the point at which you go no you're that's just a not dick okay yeah, yeah you're a dick yeah and um, how is it that simone is 39 years old and kicking ass at this job Did hang you on see so that? i need to clarify this with you because i i okay. knew that she gave you gave an age was it really 39 that's what I heard, and I wrote down because I was like, "Oh I my god, she's thirty-nine our age. or thirty-five. I thought I heard thirty-nine. We can double check this, but I wrote Either it down way. and put like an exclamation point. I think if you're doing this job over your thirties, you deserve like massive props. That's a hard job to do. Yeah, she she here's what I love more and more about Simone. A, she's super super smart, like off the scale smart. Whether she's thirty-five or thirty-nine. She's not got any ego. She's like, sure, I'll do chief stew. I'll fucking iron and do the laundry. I love ironing. I mean, I feel her on that. I love a bit of ironing myself. But um, she looks 23. And she can get down. Like when she was like, she was like, music is my drug. And man, she was like dancing all night with everyone. Like I have a lot of time for her. I think she's willing to do whatever needs to be done and still like keep a positive attitude and have a good time. Like I really hope this continues throughout the season because I think she'll probably end up being one of my favorite stews of all time. Yeah, me too. And then we had the um, trailer (gasps) for, um, for the next episode, which... So let me just, so Richard, who's the charter guest, is a repeat charter guest. Was yes. this the guy, just just remember, because you know my memory's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this the guy that they thought was like a mob guy? Yes. So this is the mafia Brilliant. couple where like the wife made the chef, I think on the last season, be a little bit uncomfortable. Like she was always down in the kitchen and like wanting to help him out and whatever. Yes, I love I this couple. I'm super excited about them being back, but I cannot believe that one of their friends is already Brandy. super hammered. Yes, Brandy. She's called Brandy. Super hammered. Already like drunk and belligerent. Like, I can't wait for next week. I think it's that Thailand vodka that struck again. Um, but yeah, she's having some sort of panic attack. I think the, mo- the mega yacht's too much for her, but I feel like it's going to be good chat for us next week. Absolutely. I also just want to take a moment to touch on Tanner's parents. We like see Tanner having this phone chat with his mom and dad and her mom's like, are there any hookers there? And don't get anyone (laughs) pregnant. Like that is a mom after my own heart. And I feel like I'm going to be the exact same way with my boys when they're like older and away. And below deck med as well. We've gone from having Colin and his like Long Island mom and that kind of loving, nurturing Christian thing. And then we've got Tanner and his mom, and it's like a little, it's like a beautiful parallel. And his mom just sits, just my side of that line, kind of asking about the hookers and the drugs and, you know, whether he was pissed and don't get anybody pregnant. I loved that. And I also kind of have a soft spot for Tanner. Like already I kind of fancy him. Um, I don't think he's marriage material, but... Like he, like if I had to, I'm going to ask you this question next week. If I had to sleep with somebody on the boat right now, it would be Tanner. Oh, I think so. Mine's a little bit of a toss up between Tanner and Brian, barring the the terrible smile comment. The sex pestiness. Yeah. I think, I think Brian looks quite good, but I do really like Tanner. I think Tanner's up for a good time. Um, What I find interesting is that like Tanner and Colin are kind of from the same area of the U.S. So like Tanner's from Jersey, Connor is from Long Island. Like it's all in kind of the tri-state area up there. So um, their their moms are just brilliant. I hope we end up getting to see Tanner's parents. I hope they come out to Thailand. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. 
Bravo if you're listening. But I think they will. I feel like that's what's being set up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, I'm just happy to have Below Deck back. I love Kate. I love Captain Lee. Um, it's also the one reality TV show that my sister watches as well. So it's like the one thing that we can talk about, which is nice. <laughs> she was like the only person that voted for Captain Lee over Captain Sandy on that poll that we did. Um, so I feel like I can now, you know, we've got something to bond over. There it's you go. Great. Um, and then, I mean, from Thailand to the OC. Let's get on that train and ride it. Let's ride that train do you remember that song from the 90s no oh my gosh i'm gonna have to find it and put it somewhere no, can you but sing it, was it like, now come on uh, ride the train and ride it the choo-choo train and it was like choo-choo <laughs> oh my gosh no. like, it was this like 90s dance music i will find it i will send oh, it to you on. you we'll know find what it's somewhere i'll share it on the socials um but the song literally was playing through my head the entire time it's starting to ring a bell, but also I just made you sing and you can barely even speak. So I, I feel a little bit bad for that. <laughs> Sorry. It's totally um, fine. That's what friends are for. Um, so this episode, here's the drinking game. If you haven't watched Real, Ep- uh, Real Housewives of Orange County this week, here's the drinking game that you need to do. Take a shot every time they say vagina. Oh, I bet it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. And there's a certain period... Well, you're probably going to do six shots in one minute. Right. So you might, so you might need to space that shit out a bit because I don't want to be responsible for sending you to hospital because of <laughs> vagina shots. But, um, but it was the steamiest episode I ever oh did. Oh my see. god! Yes, it was super hot. Um, lots of things going on. I, I think Where we should to just start, Reagan. Yeah, let's just dive right in. I'm going to start with the train jokes. I love the way the scandal of the train in earlier episodes has now just become like a funny thing. And I love that like Kelly is okay with it and she's open and she's laughing about it. And it's just something funny and fun because they are riding a train to San Diego, right? I mean, here's the thing I think about that. You're absolutely right. I fully agree with you. It's lovely that Kelly didn't kick off about it and we could all just go and have a good laugh. But I feel like we could apply that to a lot of stuff that would save us all a lot of drama. If we, yeah. if, if they could just, for a minute, not take themselves so seriously, right. have a laugh about something and move on. I mean, we wouldn't have much of a TV show, but, you know, at no. least I feel they'd be more chill. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I agree. And and I think Tamara's one of the only people that could really get away with doing it as well, because she is a stirrer and she is a mixer. People expect it from her. Right. But she's not an all-out, She's not a malicious bitch. Like, she'll go for the funny joke at the expense of somebody, but she doesn't go out just to hurt somebody. Um, So I think she can get away with it. And she did a really good job. Like, that group picture with them holding the thing that said Hot Mess Express, I was like, that was a banging group picture. I loved everything about the theme of Shannon's birthday. I think it was fabulous for Shannon because she's had really shitty birthdays for probably about 20 years. And she just needed like some, for everyone to come together and have a really fucking good time. And I think Tamara pulled that off. Yeah, I agree. And and we also had Megan come back in. That yes. meeting was kind of awkward when she just sort of rocked up. She'd never met Emily. And that was kind of a bit weird. 
Yeah, it was a bit weird. I need to do a bit of a corrections corner on that um, because I think last episode I said that they were divorced, Megan and Jim, and they are actually not divorced. I did my homework on that one. They're trying to work through things. So anyways, not divorced. That's their status. That's okay. Thank you. know, it's good that you're owning that shit these days. Yeah, I need to be official about it. <laughs> yeah, we need to like worry about whether we occasionally we need to say allegedly. You know, yes. imagine if we got like, a lawsuit. We can't afford that shit. No, no. Can you imagine? We can't afford anything. No. Um, with a, which, by the way, might, now might be a nice time to just say uh, thank you to the 500 people that have downloaded. Well, not the 500 people. 500 downloads. People who have downloaded our episode, our podcast 500 times. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Um, Kat did a really great post about this um, on Instagram, but this is 100% a passion project for the two of us. We both have different companies that we run. We both have kids. We both have a lot of other stuff going on, and this is just something we like to do, and we're just super grateful for you guys listening and enjoying it and, you know, chiming in on us, you know, on our social media channels. And we hope you guys are having just a good, as good as of blah, a good time it. as, as we good are. good of a time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry. The words um, are messing today. I know. It's the, it, you're struggling. I get it. But it's <laughs> honestly, it, what Reagan says is true. We, uh, I, I'd still do it if nobody was listening. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would just be the two but of us having this conversation regardless. But uh, we're glad you like it. A fair few of you are. So thank you so, so much and keep doing it and spread the word. We need, we, we just, we don't want to make money. I mean, eventually it'd be great if we just made gazillions, but right now we just, we just want to play and just have fun and do it. Anyway, so going back to uh, Hot Mess Express, uh, Real Housewives of Orange County, um, it looked like a really fun party and Kelly, right from the start, I got about this party was that they were balls out for this. Right. They knew that they were coming together for Shannon. She deserved this. She needed it. This was like a real moment for her. They, they, it was almost like they didn't just forget that the cameras were there, but they forgot that they were in public. So you've got (laughs) Kelly, first of all, doing a blowjob on the train and you can see other passengers riding that like LA LA or Orange County to Del Mar train like laughing and filming that shit, she's just deep-throating this dildo. I wish I was on that train. I think it would have been hilarious. Like, how much fun would that be? Or at the restaurant, like, where they do these pan shots and people are just staring at them. Like, they were in their own bubble celebrating Shannon, and I love when evenings like that come together. It's always been embarrassing to see the pictures later, but you had a good time while you were in the bubble. Well, I think as well, it's really easy sometimes to think that just because they're thrown together on a TV show that perhaps they're not real friends and that when the cameras aren't rolling, then maybe they're not as close anymore. But actually, it's it it doesn't really matter whether that's the case. When they are filming it, they're their people, they are friends, and it's just maybe a different kind of friendship. But you could see that there were they were just girlfriends hanging out, like literally hanging out. Hanging but, um, out, making out, all of the above. There was so much to talk about. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, but I tell you what, let's, before we get into the making out stuff, yes. let's talk about Dategate. Let's go back through, very quickly through Emily and Gina. Yeah, I mean, like there, there's something just kind of 
they they need to fix something within their friendship because it, it's not working. And, you know, I don't think it helps that like, you know, Vicky keeps bringing up the situation. Like Vicky was the pot stirrer this time. She was the one talking about it at the table because Emily and Gina weren't sitting next to each other. And then Emily got all upset because she hears like one end of the table talking about her. As honestly, you I'm would. with Emily on this. Yeah, I am like, too. But I feel like Emily directs a lot of her anger at Gina, and Gina was not the one that brought it up. It was Vicky. And I just, like, it's just so hard. It's such a mess. It's such a mess. And I think we've said it before. I don't think either of them are in an emotional position to be the friend that the other one needs. They're assuming that because they're best friends that they'll be that person for each other. But actually, Emily's going through whatever is the fuck is happening in her relationship. Um, And obviously, Gina's going through a really messy divorce. And so it's just really bad fucking luck and timing that neither of them are are equipped to be there for the other. So I think that somebody just needs to sit them down and point that shit out and say, right. it's not that you don't love each other or that, but you've, you're have you each coming at it from a place of such hurt and anger and vulnerability and all of this shit that neither of you, not one of you is strong enough to be the other person's rock. So just give it a hot minute. Let Gina do what she needs to do with Tamara and Shannon because she will, she'll find that bond because they've been through that shit right. together. Emily, I get it. For her, she doesn't have, without Gina, she doesn't have yeah. a person. Well, so apparently I, I, Megan's her person because Megan was all up in it. And I was yeah. like, Megan, you've not been around for any of this shit. Just quietly back the fuck out. Like, you yeah, are take, inserting yourself in some bullshit. Yeah, take your tall self and sit down and just let this shit play out. But, um, but yeah, I think right now, this is this relationship, they're always just going to butt heads. Um, but yeah, there was a few tequila tantrums while they were out there. Shannon, I love that Shannon had the nerve to be like, you can't all be screaming outside a restaurant. I mean, (laughs) Shannon is the queen of screeching. Yes. Well, I love Um, it. Like, so they're in Del Mar, which is like where Shannon was actually like fun Shannon before she got married. So like a lot of this is about like her kind of reconnecting to like really fun Shannon, which I think is great. Um, Yeah, we see Gina and Emily make up yet again about like the cousin thing. And I and I was, I feel like I need to toot my own horn a little bit that I was right. Like this was a cousin that Shane actually wasn't close to, that yeah. actually their parents had had like a 20-year falling out. So there, you know, I, I feel like honestly, Emily and Shane did not know. I don't feel like any of this set up. I just think it was bad timing. And that cousin but is also, probably kind of a dick. But also the date never happened. Like, I would get it. Like, I would get it. I would be more sympathetic to Gina if she'd been on a date, really liked him, and then it turned out that he had a girlfriend. Like, I would kind of happened or whatever. This date never fucking happened. No. Like, Gina needs to let it go. And I get that she's, yeah, just she needs to calm the fuck down because A, I don't believe Emily did any of this on purpose, and B, no harm was actually done. So can you just fucking let it go now? Right, right. Let's, let's keep this in perspective. And I'm sure a lot of it's fueled by the shit going on with her ex. But yeah, you you just need to chill out. Yeah, I think we she needs to check herself a little bit. But um, I mean, we very quickly, we go through dinner. Yeah. And then we move on to um, the bar. The makeout time. Where dri- the, the makeout time, which... yeah. Is, I mean, probably one of my favorite so, sort of episodes of 
Real Housewives ever. Like, I know I, mean, I say that quite a lot, but yeah. this was brilliant. They were getting down. And Tamara actually said there's nothing wrong with a, free, a threesome now and then. So I think, like, the chat that we talked about last week was 100% true. I think Tamara and Eddie are down, I'm assuming, down with Bronwyn because, yeah, this episode was hot. It was really hot. I mean... <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> You're the one with consumption and I'm the one um, I, listen, I, I, I'm all, I, my belief around sexuality is that it's, it's a bit like autism and being on a spectrum. We're all on a spectrum of it. So some right. people are further along the line. Some people are way along the line. Some people are right at the end. Vicky, for all she professes, is right at the end. But who actually knows? Right, right. She's kind of the generation that will always say she's at that end. Yeah. But what I love about Tamara and Bronwyn is that they're like, you know what, we're kind of, that they're, they're, we're, we're on the last, like, we're, yeah. we're pulling it up this way. I, I'm, I'm perfectly, I can get on board and empathize with where they're coming from. Like, I'm not gay, but I can appreciate the reality of maybe finding that sexy if that was the right person at the right time in the right place. Um, I'm not sure that on camera in front of, however many viewers in a restaurant <laughs> is probably the right time, the right place. Um, but I, I have no, I really appreciated and respected what was going on with them. I was like, you know fine what? guys, knock yourself out. I did as well, because it's not like that college girl thing where some college girls make out with other girls to turn on the dudes in the place. It was a hundred percent, not about that. It was about two chicks feeling it. And going for it. And it was about them and how it made them feel and what they wanted to do. I'm 100% on board for that. Like, as long as you're doing it because you want to and it makes you feel good, I have no qualms about it. I'm not a fan of, like, the fake, let's turn on dudes to do this. Like, I don't no. like that kind of stuff. But that's why I like Bronwyn's threesome vibe with her husband. Is it Sean? Fuck, I wrote it down. I can't remember. Anyway, whoever his whatever his name is. I'm going to stop looking because I won't find it. Whatever his name is. Because she's like, no, this is for me. Like, he gets off right. on it, but I don't do it for him. No. It's it's primarily for me. So, you know, her and um, her and Tamara's thing, all right, maybe there was a question because on Twitter, Andy Cohen, Uncle Andy, put out um, a question asking for questions for the reunion because it's coming up. Uh, and the one I saw was, a question that said, I'm not judging at all. Right. But how do you talk to your kids about what they saw on that episode of you guys snogging? Yeah. Which is kind and of I, a I British think that's word. a valid question. I mean, when, yeah. when those things are on TV forever and then later on the internet, because that's where it'll go. Like, I think that's a valid question to ask. Like, how do you have those kind of conversations with all your kids? And Bronwyn has a lot of them. So that's a lot of... Uh, different conversations Conversation. well i mean to be fair she's she must have already had to like she's already had to have the conversation about daddy's threesomes on his significant birthday so she's right she's already worn out from that conversation with 11 well, billion children now she has to go through the why did you kiss Tamara conversation yeah i mean i'm sure it's all one conversation because obviously all this stuff happens then it airs so like do you talk to them pre-airing or post-airing like how do you handle that i don't know I, I would I think assume always pre airing pre yeah yeah it's otherwise you end up with like a Robin Juan situation right, where your kids right. find it out on Google, um, but yeah I mean here's the thing 
Maybe it wasn't the best behavior. Maybe Kelly shouldn't have been dancing with her nipples out. Maybe Bronwyn and Tamara shouldn't have been straddling <laughs> each other in the bra and, you know, doing all of that stuff. But here's the thing. We've all done ridiculous stuff when we've been hammered. And these right. girls were more hammered on this episode than I have seen any housewife ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I would they agree were with that. Shit-faced. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So his so unless they're hurting anybody, if they're you know as their husbands are mine, then just whatever, yeah, let yeah. them do their thing. Yeah. Um. His name is Sean. You are correct, Sean Burke. Is, I was right. I knew I should have more faith in myself. Um. Oh my god! And they were blowing whistles for the hot guys. Can you? That's write, what made his, me think of that song, that like '90s song with the whistles and the clubs choo-choo. and riding the train. Choo choo. I mean. How would we feel if it was guys blowing whistles when they saw hot girls? I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I don't want to be a stick in the okay. mud. Yeah, but we probably wouldn't be caught with it. Um. Anyway, that aside, I really enjoyed watching it. Um. I did like Kelly's line of "I am bisexual. Buy me something, and I'll get sexual." Yeah. All right. So because this song has been driving me insane, it's called. Oh Come my god! On. Have you just been doing some? Googling? It's called "Come On and Ride It." It's by the Quad City DJs. It came out in the late. It came out in 1996. I kind of want to play it. Play it. Play it over Do your. You hear it? Put it into your mic. Do it. See if Hold I remember on. it. Jimmy's gonna hate you. I gotta that be honest. It. It's I'm not. It's not bringing back any memories. But, oh my gosh! Uh, I love that. That is all you were thinking about while you were watching. I think this I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, I I don't know what to do. Jimmy's going to be like, "What the fuck is going on with this episode?" Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Sorry. No, that's you. Kind of blew me off. Not blew me up, obviously. Oh, oh, that's a lot. So let me, I just came across like a note that I had that I actually wrote, Vicky is being a prude asshole. Like she's saying Bronwyn is trash. I think Vicky <gasps> is jealous. I wrote the same thing. Yeah. Of course you wrote the same thing. I yeah. wrote, what did I write? Vicky's got a knickers in a twist. Hang on. Vicky doesn't like anyone stealing the limelight. Fine. But what she hates more is someone stealing Tamra. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I think as soon as Vicky, like at first when they just snogged, Vicky was like, ah, I'm going to oh, faux, faux shock and all the rest of it. Right, right. But then when this became like a thing and they were like actually just really enjoying it, yeah. then Vicky got really pissed. She left. Well, she she didn't leave before she went around every single right. person. And told them all that Bronwyn was trash. trash. Which we've seen this in the Real Housewives of Dallas. Like it never, like trash is just not something you should ever say about anyone. We know this. No, I think everybody with a brain knows this. But like she was being super nasty, and you're a hundred percent right. It's because she's jealous. She hates people that take Tamara away from her. But I think it's really interesting to talk about like how that kind of jealousy and insecurity happens no matter how fucking old you are. 
Like yeah. if you're that, like you see it in playgrounds all the time and right. we often like write it off in adult behavior as being playground, but actually it's a re- like, it is a real thing. And some people do feel really threatened when their friends make Have other, other friends. friends. It doesn't matter how old you are. So it's really interesting to see that, but it was so textbook. Um, and she just literally systematically went around every other person to call Bronwyn trash to say, I'm leaving because of Bronwyn. Um, and I, this is not going to play out very well. Like, this is going to get messy. No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Vicky is a whole bunch of insecurities. And that's yeah. where this is coming from. Absolutely. Um, but there were so many good quotes as well. Sorry, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but I'm I'm doing it to save yeah. your voice. But <laughs> like, I don't find vaginas appetizing. Penises are pretty. Also, no, they're not. No. They're useful, but they're not pretty. Pe- they're not pretty, are they? No. I've never seen a pretty penis. I mean, all the penises I see have foreskins and all the penises you, ski- you see don't have foreskins. Not all. There there are a few that aren't, but, um, or there are a few but that But they're a do. rare breed in America. They're, they're a rare breed. Yeah. Um, but either way, hood or not, or no hood, they're not pretty. Kelly does no. not know what she's talking about on that level. No, and I thought Gina was being a little bit judgy about, like, turning 55. Like, well, when I'm turning 55, I'm not going to be on the floor of a restaurant laughing my ass off. I was like, girl, you should be so lucky. We should all yeah. be so lucky to celebrate our 55th birthday with a bunch of friends getting hammered, just having a good time. I hope my 55th birthday is half as fun as that, honestly. Yeah, I would take half of that any day of the week. Can we make a pact right now that on our 55th birthday we take the train... From the OC to Del Mar and Done. just get shit faced. Done. I'm 100% Even if it's on just the two that. of us. Yeah. Yeah. Let's In do fact, it. can we just Fly do it, over. the two of us? Oh, yeah. That's a lot easier to control. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a lot to talk about. And I feel like it just was all about the party. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of fallout from it next week. I think there will be as well. One thing I also really liked was the Brian and Kelly conversation. Like, we obviously know. In real life, their relationship ends. But I really thought that it kind of showed what like a mature relationship is like because he was like communicating his needs. He was validating her needs. I actually thought like that was a really great conversation to see and like how he spoke to her when he felt like she crossed the line by buying her son a PlayStation 4, like, or his son a PlayStation 4, which is like a gaming system. Um, and he did cross that. She did cross that. She line. 100% did. And um, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know why that struck me. I just thought it was a really mature conversation and actually really nice to see Kelly have that mature conversation because she does have a dinner. She has a dinner to have these types of conversations. She just yeah, needs to have them I, with her friends. I think what, I think she has it in her, but I think she's still very much like if you look at her against Brian, he's like, streets ahead of her in terms of the adulting maturity how to look after kids thing right and it's not that she's a bad mom i'm not saying that at all but no any person like i say any person with a brain i don't mean that but certainly you and i would know and i think a lot of people listening would know that if you've got a boyfriend and you've got grown-up kids you don't without asking just chuck a playstation for no i mean regardless of the age of the kids like you check in with the parents before you make that kind of purchase always right And I think that comes from her insecurities. And I think it's really interesting that these women, you know, really for all their bluster and confidence and loud mouthing are really very insecure. Um, Yeah. And she wants to buy this kid's affection. 
not in a nasty way, but in a, this right. is how I know how to show love way. Um, yeah. So obviously we know they don't end up together, but, uh, but I agree. It was, he was very mature. Yeah, I it, agree. You know, I'm not yeah. really crediting her with that yet, but he was really mature. And um, Well, I felt she made, took it really well. Like we didn't see the defensive yeah. Kelly that we see in all the dealings kind of with the girls. I think she, she did a good job not being defensive. If that's yeah, a thing. No. You're right. I agree. Um, okay. Right, should we head down to Dallas for a uh, bachelorette party? Sure. Let's <laughs> do that. Um, you start with this one. Oh, okay. So the opening scene just reiterates how much over Cameron I am. Like, Stephanie is trying yet again to explain her, herself to Cameron. Cameron's still not owing what she did wrong. Like, nothing is resolved. Like, they say it's resolved. Nothing is actually resolved. Cameron just steamrolls Stephanie again and does not listen to one word that she is saying. And honestly, I'm overseeing, I'm over that. I I agree. And I think if if it, if Cameron wasn't real, I would think that she was punking Steph. Like, right. the, the level of her delusion is so beyond that I can't even... I'm beyond angry watching it now and almost I would laugh if I didn't think that if Steph wasn't involved. Right, right. Stephanie wasn't involved. But, I mean, it it's almost like it's like a comedy writer has written this because she's like, I put a lot of effort into this. my really good American friend. Am I really yeah. good American accent again? <laughs> I put a lot of effort into this friendship. I was working out with her on Mondays and I'm like, did we just walk into an episode of Legally Blonde? Well, like, and I, f- I feel like Stephanie could not be any clearer when she was like, neither of you were in the right in that instance. So I wasn't going to stand up for either one of you. You were both wrong. And Cameron just keeps going on and on and on. And actually, Stephanie did get up from that table and go check on her afterwards. Like, I don't know what reality Cameron is living in. Like, I just don't. She, no, she's so... I don't think it's possible to be more self-absorbed than Cameron is. And even when Stephanie holds her hand up at that conversation with that avo and toast sitting in front of her, which, by the way, looks bad, but she <laughs> holds her hand up and she says, aside from everything else, I was really struggling on this trip. Like, right. I wasn't in a good space. Even then, Cameron, there's no empathy from Cameron. There's no, no, I mean, she gets up from nothing. the table and starts to leave. Like, you could not be more dismissive of Stephanie, her feelings, and her thoughts than standing up from the table and just ready to leave because you're stuck in this crazy narrative that is not real. And then, and then, despite all that, Steph still, Stephanie's still being the bigger, I mean, you couldn't be any bigger, but she is, she, she kind of concedes and she goes, I'm trying to honor these feelings that you're giving me. With absolutely no reciprocation from Cameron at all. Um, and as far as she's concerned, they kind of work it out. And they do essentially as far as Cam like as far right. as Cam tells us, it's worked out and they can move forward. And then obviously we move on to the Bachelorette party, right. hen party if you're British. Yeah. And um and Cam is a like a I'm gonna say it, she's a fucking thunder cunt. Oh, 100%. Thunder cunt is like the most brilliant thing I've heard all week. Like, props. Did I just give... Is that the first time you've heard that? That is the first time I've heard that. <gasps> and it's incredible. Oh, 
I love the way for me too. I love the way the c word is used in the UK. We don't use it enough here in the US. People get their panties in a twist all about it in the US, but um it's a very Did good I just UK lose thing. all our US listeners right no, there? No, I think you you used it perfectly and I think it's an example of how it can be used, but you're 100% correct. Correct. Cameron is a thunder cunt. Um and is ignoring Stephanie, which makes yeah, absolutely no sense at all. Stephanie puts it perfectly when she says, I feel like I've given birth to a six foot tall blonde baby. Like, and, and that's how exhausting it was exhausting to watch every time that Stephanie said something, Cameron came back with something and you just, the exhaustion of wanting to climb into the TV and like punch Cameron in the face. I felt exhausted after that conversation. I cannot watch this conversation anymore. Like, I'm over it. Stephanie is giving it such a try to be this girl's friend and there's no reciprocation whatsoever. I'm just, I'm, I'm over, over, over Cameron. Yeah, I agree. And then what I love, obviously we always give the Bravo editors a, a huge applause, but then it's juxtaposed immediately with Steph, Stephanie having uh, lunch with Brandy. And how and different all of it a sudden, is. All of a sudden you're like, oh, this is what a friendly lunch looks like. Yeah, yeah, like Brandy teaching her to look into a knife to check her eyes or her, you know, or her <laughs> or lipstick her or her teeth. <laughs> it's brilliant. I, love, I love their friendship. I do too, and I feel like um I feel like it's real, but also I love in this conversation that Steph talks about how she is really embracing saying how she feels and she's never done that before. Because people-pleasing is a thing that really fucking brings you down. And she's always been a people-pleaser. And I think what I'm really enjoying about Stephanie is that we're seeing her on a journey to kind of reclaiming her voice a little bit and being able to say, actually, no, I'm not okay with that. When previously she might have kept quiet to avoid the confrontation or whatever it is. I really love that. And I love that Brandy is supporting it. She's not telling her that she has to or that she should do it like this. But she's like, yeah. You know, that's right. You got this and you should do what you need to do. Yeah. Pay attention, Cameron, because that's what friends actually do. They don't steamroll over each other to tell a different story. You just listen and support. Yeah. Um, And then The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette, which I just feel was super tame. Like, I I would rather have Shannon's birthday party than this Bachelorette (laughs) party. Oh, 100%. But also, <laughs> I have to ask you a question as our yes. token American on the podcast. The token um, Texan as well. You took the words out of my mouth, token yeah. Texan. So we get like a list, a rundown of who's been invited to what. And there are a few people that have been invited to the bachelorette, but not to the wedding. Now, in the UK, I don't think you would ever invite anybody to your hen party that wasn't invited to your wedding. I mean, it kind of sucks that you would be like, here, come and celebrate an event that you're not invited to. So we don't do that. But is that a thing in America? I have never done that. I mean, everybody that was invited to my bachelorette party were like my nearest and dearest. So 100% they were invited to our wedding. I also don't have massive societal societal weddings. So maybe that's something done in a different really? society. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it may shock you all, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not the upper echelons of Texas social stratus, status. Um I do think that there are different people invited to like showers. Like, I mean, I didn't invite everybody that I invited to my wedding, to my bridal shower or my bachelorette party. Like not everybody was invited, 
But they, but no. those people were all invited to the wedding. If right, that makes which, sense. Uh, which, so when Carrie goes up to Leanne and says, right. so thank you for my invitation to the bachelorette party, but I haven't been invited to the wedding, which by the way, I love her. Like I'm from Mexico. I'm just going to do this whole, we're obviously of right, a different right. culture thing. Yeah. And Leanne pulls the oldest fucking trick in the, in the book. It got, list, it got lost in the post. 30% of all things are lost in the post. I love how she throws out you know this like random fact. <laughs> that's when you know the bitch is lying because nobody has a statistic to back up the truth. No. But she's like, oh, it got lost in the mail. Do you know 30% of letters get lost in the mail? I mean, ugh. Yeah, that's uh, such anyway, bullshit. Of course you're yeah. invited. No, such bullshit. But you know what? I do want to touch on this thing because actually in the UK... I was invited to a Hindu without being invited to the wedding, and you were too. And we went together. We went to the Hindu. We were not invited to the oh, wedding. We were. Yes. Uh, hang on, no. But were we not invited to the wedding, or could we just not go to the wedding? I wasn't invited to the wedding. We were invited to the Hindu. I think you might be we right, and I know exactly we who you're talking about. Not Let's not to talk the about the Hindu. No, 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 no. I made my biggest social faux pas of all time. You did, which was amazing. Okay, so we're on the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was amazing, but it's not something no, that I'm ready to. No, no, we're not going to talk Listen, about it. If I'm not ready to put it out yeah. on a podcast, <laughs> then you know it's bad. No, but I just thought, like, while I was watching this episode, I remembered that you and I had been to, invited to a bachelorette party, but not to the wedding. You're right. I forgot all about that. Uh, but I do think that's unusual. In fact, it's definitely, we bitched about it. Yeah, that's about not it for a, a cultural, like, it's not a cultural no. thing. It just happened to happen <laughs> to both of us. And then obviously, Carrie confronts Leanne about her lack of invite to the wedding and then comes up with the Deandra thing. And I'm a little torn on this. I'm not a big, like, I don't love either of them. Right. That much. I mean, I like, I don't not like them, but I don't have right. strong love for them. Um, but I kind of feel that Carrie, Leanne is right. This is not the time. Like this I is totally her bachelorette agree. party. Yeah. This is what, whether you like her or not, your wedding is your wedding and you do get to be kind of a bitch about it. Like you get, you don't have to be a total cunt, but you do need to be able to just for that one day or that run up to it, whatever it is, throw your weight around a little, make sure it's exactly what you want it to be. Well, so I do mean, you think Carrie's, yeah, go, on. go ahead. Sorry. I was no, going to so, say, I do think Carrie's kind of crossing the line. Yes, I totally on, do. On pushing this issue now. Yeah. I mean, I think there are different ways to do it. Obviously, they probably don't see each other outside of these like filming events anyways. So maybe Carrie was just taking the time to actually say something. But I mean, I just feel like, and maybe it's the the Southern woman in me, like when somebody is having an event is not the time to attack them about who they've invited or anything else going on. Like, you know, you be polite. You've been invited. Just enjoy the event. Have that conversation some other time. And if Carrie cared that much, she could have called Leanne and said, look, I'd love to meet you for lunch, you know, or a drink. Can we have a chat about it? And then bring it up then. So, you know. Right. I think she made a mistake there. I I'm going to take this moment to talk about um, the fact that Leanne had her hands filled. Um, yes, I did not even know that was a thing. No, and nobody. I feel like I need Literally, to do research on it. Nobody, if if you haven't watched this episode of Real Housewives of Dallas, nobody knows that having your hands filled is a thing. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Her hands looked like, I mean, they kind of looked like giant balloons, like poofy balloons at this event. But yeah, had her hands it, filled. I mean, 
Okay, so fillers. she's 50 and getting married for the first time. This she's 51. The thought process, I think. Oh, she's 51. This is the thought yeah. process I think she's going through. Right. There's going to be lots of pictures of my hand and the ring. So I don't want them to look old and wrinkled and tired. My mum has always said, the hands in the neck give you away, darling. The hands right. in the neck give you away. Yeah, don't bother so doing the facelift if you're not going to touch everything else up too. Right. But even so, is there anybody else out there who's had their hands filled? I've lit- I've it? never heard of it before. I'm sure there's somebody else out there. Um, it's not for me. But no. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know. Honestly, if you've had, if you have the money, which I don't know if you do or not, like you were trying to blag to get like a free wedding dress, like you're trying to get like all these donations for your, you know, for your wedding. Um, was yeah, I mean, hand maybe- filling part of the donations? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you've got money to spend on having your hands filled, you can probably pay for your own wedding dress. Yeah, you could have all saved us that awkward watching moment while we watched your poor wedding planner try to blag your dress. Yeah, the most awkward moment of reality TV, yeah. Um, But going back to Carrie and Leanne, I think um, they... I think Leanne is... Nobody holds a fucking grudge like Leanne. Right. And no matter what the conversation she's had with Deandra about, it's done, it's dusted. Deandra has apologized for this. Like, she has apologized. We've all seen it. They've all talked about moving forward. And yet Leanne is still holding on to this. And then she blames yeah. Richard. Well, like, he's pissed off. Well, yeah. the VT no, he's shows not. us he's clearly yeah, yeah. not. Like, he's done. He's well, out he told it. her that she needed to get over it. He was like, I'm not angry, so how can you still be? And, like, and move Leanne on. keeps going on about, I have been the bigger person. Here's the thing, Leanne. If you're waiting for somebody else to do the thing you think they should do, right. you're not being a bigger person. Like no. being the bigger person would be sending an invite to DeAndra to the parties and the wedding. Well, and what I want to tell Leanne is like, you know what? It's okay if you don't want her there. Like, it's fine just to say that. Be like, you know what? We had this issue. I'm not ready to... I'm not ready to kind of fast forward us back into that place. She's not invited because I don't feel that way. And that's the end of the story. And that is the end of the story. Like it is her wedding. She can invite who she wants to. Um, But yeah, stop making it like that. Deandra needs to reach out to you. I don't know. Yeah. Because Deandra doesn't need to ask for an invite. That's not how it should be. If you want to give her an invite, you give her an invite. If you don't want to give her an invite, don't give her an invite, but just say that, like, just say, no, it's not time. I'm still hurt. And I don't want her there. That's yeah. fine. And that but would shoot down all this crazy back chat as well. If you were just honest about it and move forward, we we all wouldn't have to listen to it anymore. Yeah, exactly. And we and we get the whole uh Carrie and Leanne at the when we go to the haunted house, which by the way right. is inspired. And if there is a haunted <gasps> house in the UK, I want to go with all my girlfriends. Ooh. I love that shit. You know, I'm gonna be in the UK in February. So let let's let's try uh, to do that. Isn't it March? It's like the end of February, beginning of March. Can we like um, get some girls we'll celebrate our birthdays and just, early and find a haunted house and just go yes. and spend the night there? Yes, I'm I'm a hundred percent down do for that because I really believe in that shit. I do too, and and we have to have a medium there as well, so like she can chat to the people that are there and tell us what's going on if we can't see it. But the other thing I wrote down is not only do I want to visit a haunted house, also when you move to the UK in the future, whenever that may or may not happen. Right. Um, we need to buy an old house together and just set up a business selling scary house tours. 
Absolutely. That house was so creepy. And the furniture was creepy. Everything was Uh, creepy. As soon as you put kids' toys in that situation, it's fucking creepy. Dusty kids' toys are the creepiest things on the planet. And I don't know if that harkens back to like my it phase with Stephen King, but unused, unloved toys, the creepiest things on the planet. Scariest thing in the world. Especially Um, the ones with batteries that occasionally go off when they're not supposed to, because I've had that happen a billion times to myself. Like something will be going off downstairs in the living room and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have a ghost. It's just some toy that hasn't been turned off. But um, but what about the ball that rolls back? Yeah, I I feel like Leanne made really light of that. That would have scared the bejesus out of me. Because it doesn't roll back immediately. It's not like it's on a hill so that you roll it up and then it rolls back down. She rolls it, stays perfectly still for like maybe a minute. Yeah. Then it rolls back. No, that is... That's a fucking ghost. That's child. a haunted, That's that a teeny tiny shit. ghost child pushing that fucking yeah. ball back because she wants to play. Part of me wants us to just go to Texas and rent the Hill House Manor and go see that one too because it's just outside of Dallas. It's a really easy drive from Houston. I need to take you to Texas. I, I've never been. I'd like to go. Uh, have I? Yes, of course I have. I've been to Austin. Right. That's Texas, it's not the right? same. Yeah, yeah, it is in Texas. It's the capital of Texas. Texas. It's, yeah, yeah. It's not like creepy, haunted, backwoods Texas. No, it's like hipster, (laughs) musician, cool cows in the middle of the city center. Right, right. cows, Texas. Um, Anyway, but but yeah, the haunted house thing, I thought was an inspired choice by by Brandy because it really brought all of their crazy out a little bit. Right. Um, But... I do think, again, we had that conversation with Leanne having to outdo Carrie on how bad her childhood was compared to Carrie's. And it's just getting a little tired. Yeah, I was just, I wrote, these conversations are old. I'm over it. (laughs) Is that it? That's that's where you got to it with it. Yeah, like, I mean, Leanne has had a really tough childhood and I think we're all very, very clear on that. But I think Carrie makes a good point. Other people have too. They don't. That's not their narrative. And I feel like that's what Carrie was getting to. Like, Leanne's childhood is her narrative. And Carrie's is not. She has changed her narrative. And I think that's the difference. Well, here's the thing. Loads of people have had shitty childhoods. Loads of people have been abused. Loads of people have gone through horrific things. And they don't carry it with them and bring it out and use it as part of their identity Every time they have a conversation or as a it. weapon, because like, I don't or, even yeah. mind if people reference it when they're discussing it, because I think, you know, discussing horrible things that have happened to you is part of you moving on and part of you educating people. That's fine. They don't use it as a weapon. Leanne uses it as like a knife to stab everybody. And it's the aggressive attitude that it all comes out. At. It's something she wants to like beat you with versus discussing it to kind of educate and move on. Well, she's, yeah, she's always like, I am like this because of this. Yeah. Whereas Carrie is like, I am like this in spite of this. Right. And I think that's the difference. Like, Leanne is allowing it to define her. And and, Stephanie's like, this is, right, sorry, sorry. No, go on. And Stephanie is the same, right? She's like, she brings it out to educate. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think it's, I can't hate Leanne for it because she's never really had people. She's never really had 
support, all the rest of it. I get all of that. But even so, you get to 51 and you've got to figure this shit out some way. You've got to look right. at all of this shit that's going on and go, what's the common denominator? It's me. Yeah. How do I deal with this? Or like some of these girls I am close to and they keep saying the same thing. Maybe it is time that I take a look at this and do some self-reflection. Like, you you know, I don't know. Brene Brown would tell her she just needs to be more vulnerable and, you know, then she can grow. But until that happens, oh, she won't. I love Brene Brown. She's another Texan, by the way. She, I could basically credit her for probably pretty much Say re- helping save our marriage. Just saying. Um, she'd so, be yeah, pleased. Got, I think she would. I think she'd like that. Brené, yeah. I hope you're listening. I think she's probably got better things to do than watch all of the Real Housewives and all of. But probably but she might be. She might be. You never know. It's yeah. surprising how many people listen uh, watch reality TV. In fact, Chloe on Keeping Up with the Kardashians referenced it. When she, when Courtney was getting burgled, and she was like, "This is better than an episode of The Housewives." Right? So I, we I took know. note of that. We, we see you, Chloe Kardashian. Time. We see you. Well, and I've also just seen this week all The Housewives in Good American Jeans. So clearly, I mean, they didn't write that it was an ad. They didn't declare it as an ad, but fuck yeah. it, none of them do. No, we all know it's an ad. We're all smart enough to know it's an ad. Anyway, they're all wearing jeans. Brandy is Emily. Real Housewives of OC is. So, uh, yeah, she's obviously calling up her favorite housewives and giving them jeans. Absolutely. You could also do that to your favorite podcasters, Khloe Kardashian. I'm a huge fan of Good American Jeans. They're lovely. I would love to try them. I've never tried them. Uh, they're about, like, I want to say they're about 130 pounds here. Is that about yeah, right? Yeah, they're about, like, 100, $110 here, which is not oh, yeah, crazy. more expensive here. Yeah. Import. Um. Yeah, of course. Well, anyway, Chloe, if you're listening, send us your jeans. We nothing like a nothing like a blag. I'm not above a blag. Yeah. No, <laughs> as long as it's not for your wedding dress and you don't make somebody else do it, then I'm a okay about that. <laughs> so hypocritical. I'm so hypocritical. It's totally um, fine. So I think that's us for this week, isn't it? Yeah. The one thing I did want to touch on was that I did love how Leanne had drag queens instead of strippers yes. at her bachelorette party. I 100% it's where I agree with Cameron, which is so painful, um, that uh, they're way better. Like they put on a much better show. They're not all sweaty. Um, I also really liked Leanne's quote that said that I'm a drag queen trapped in a white bitch's body. Loved yes. it. Yeah, she's, um, I mean, for all Leanne's faults, she's really good value. Like, yeah. if you don't if you don't have to get into the deep, dark, nitty-gritty right. turmoil that's going on in her right. dark soul, um, I reckon she'd be a fucking riot. Surface is a fucking fun place to live with her, I think. Yeah. I think we'd all have a blast with her, but I think that's that's it. I think if you go below, you go below deck, it gets pretty dark. It does get very dark. Um, okay, so we, what do you know when, uh, do we know yet when, shall I Google it? Do we know yet when Million Dollar Listing LA is starting? I don't off the top of my head. The shows that we have coming soon, like in the next couple of weeks that are starting up will be The Real Housewives of Atlanta and The Real Housewives of New Jersey. So we are going to be properly in the Housewives pool. Okay, so I have a confession to make about Real Housewives of Atlanta. Not a fan. Well, until about two weeks ago, maybe three, I'd never watched an episode. 
Yeah. I'm now on season eight. Okay. Uh, I did start on season four, by the way, because I messaged you. And nice went, work. Can I start on season four? Like, and you're I like, just yeah, kind of pulled that one sounds out. about right. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to catch up in time for the new one. So I'm going to be there, but it is a whole new ball game for me. Uh, and New Jersey, I cannot wait for. No, I mean, the trailers for both are incredible. We shared them out a while ago. I'm sure we can share them out again. Um, they both promise to be everything that we're here for. Um, but I'm sure LA is starting soon because usually LA starts after New York. Well, I'm just Googling it. Um, we're looking at season 12. I don't think that we have... It's been announced yet. No, I don't think it's been announced. But I think there's no doubt it's going to be soon. This this episode of New York is really setting up Frederick to yeah. move into LA and to do all of that. So I think it's only a matter of time. Nope, absolutely. Um but yeah, one thing we have not done is, so we put it out on social media <gasps> yes. because we actually shared our Housewives taglines um, last episode, and then we popped them up on the socials. So we have got a few people who've written in theirs. So one, I will read one that I know of. I'll read the one that's been written under my picture on Instagram, and it is um, actually one of my dear friends who I know in real life. And she says, I take life with a grain of salt and a shot of tequila. Um, oh, I like that one. That's fabulous. She's one of our listeners who represents Germany, which is fabulous. Um, um, I am just, you've put me kind of on the spot, but I'm, I'm here for it. I'm ready. Okay. Um, I, I got it. This one I really liked because if you don't know, I'm from Yorkshire as well. And this came from the warm minimalist on Instagram and she wrote it under mine, which said, I don't just drink Yorkshire tea, I spill the tea. Which That's is fabulous. awesome because A, I, the only tea to drink is Yorkshire tea, but also yeah. only since watching Atlanta has tea made fucking sense to me. There you go. Atlanta has all the vocab that I, like they invented yes. shady. I didn't know this. They invented yeah. shade. They they are women ahead of their time with the sayings. I love it. Um, Jay Maskey on, um, responded to one of our Instagram stories, and she wrote, I'm a farking delight. I mean, I've, I like that. Yeah. I mean, just straight to the point, no messing about. Yeah, you don't really need all the other, uh, like, chatter going on. Um, no, I'm just a others? fucking delight. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking now. I don't think we did, but that's all right. Although oh. we have. Hang on. To be fair, I haven't checked Twitter. This is so, we're so pro. If we were, if we were like a really pro podcast, we'd- have... I don't think we got any responses on Twitter. Okay, fine. Twitter's Screw not you, our people, Twitter. apparently. Um, but yeah, those were all fabulous. Um, we didn't get any through email, but if you guys um, just needed a little push to think of yours and still want to send it to us, send it along. We'll share whatever you send us. Um, can email us at hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com. Um, message us on Facebook, message us on Instagram, where we're TV My Husband Hates. Or if Twitter is your thing and you're just like laying low and shady, um, you can find us at TV Husbands Hate. 
Laying low and shady. Laying low hey, and listen, shady. Hey, listen, I think we should just make the housewives tagline an ongoing thing. So if yeah. you ever come up with your housewives tagline, just send it to us. We'll always shout it out because it, yeah. it's kind of pressure. It's it took hard. us a long time. Yeah, it is, which is why we didn't do it for like three episodes. But now that we're on board, we're on board. So send us your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Um, and you guys have a good rest of the week. Enjoy it. And Reagan, I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.